Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We all know the LGBTQ community has always faced discrimination around housing, unfortunately. But is it getting any better? Joining us right now is Vox.com reporter Rachel Cohen. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. So can you give us a sense of the landscape right now? Why did you think it was important to cover this story now? So, uh, you know, I was interested in kind of looking at, um, you know, given the climate we're in with increased attacks, I know this is a this is a difficult time. There's a lot of sort of fear, and it's also a very hard time for everyone right now with housing. Rents are going up sort of dramatically. Housing prices are really high. So this is a hard time for Americans with housing, but I also, you know, wanted to sort of look and see, well, what what is going on right now with LGBTQ housing and housing discrimination um, in particular. So that was sort of what motivated the story. And so where are we at right now? What did you discover? <laughs> so I had missed this, and um, but I, I also think it really didn't get much attention last year, probably because there was so much going on. But we, so there's, there's good and bad news. Uh, the good news is that the Fair Housing Act, which is sort of our landmark civil rights law protect housing discrimination, which uh, was passed over 50 years ago, has never, uh, up until two years ago, had protections for LGBTQ people, uh, same-sex couples, etc. It had language to protect for sex, but uh, until two years ago in a Supreme Court case, the Bostock decision, they did not read that to include anything other than uh, to include sexual orientation, gender identity. And so there was a case um, two years ago that was about employment discrimination. And the Supreme Court said uh, this, you know, these laws do protect against sex discrimination for sexual orientation, gender identity. And the fact that it was a conservative Neil Gorsuch majority opinion from a conservative majority court uh, was very helpful Following that, last year when Joe Biden was, came into office, the first, one of the first things he did was direct all federal agencies to say, make sure all of your rules and guidances follow with this Bostock decision. So uh, the first major one to update was the Fair Housing Act. So now it's, I mean, it, it's, it sounds so, it happened so quickly, but it's such a big deal because that really up until last year, it was not illegal to for a landlord to say, I don't want to rent to you because mm-hmm. you're gay or I don't want to rent to you because 
you're trans or yeah. you're a same-sex couple, you can't be here. Not that, no, there still is a lot of housing discrimination and, and like the article, we, we can talk more about that, but it's just sort of, it, it really was not illegal under federal law until like last year to do that. So that's a big change. What you know, what sticks out to me about that is that uh, you know, if if Biden directs agencies to do things, uh, the next Republican president could undo that. Um, but you know, even still, with these protections in place, I imagine um, people are going to run well, into can trouble. I, can I just respond to that oh, yeah. really quickly? Because like this, I mean, I think worrying about executive orders and different administrations that is normally absolutely true. In this case. The protections are on much firmer ground because they're grounded in the Supreme Court decision. And the Supreme Court decision was from a majority conservative, uh, you know, court. And so most of the like all the civil rights experts that I have talked to said, you know, we feel pretty confident this is on safe ground for at least the next generation until the court like in the court changes. And, yeah. and so this is a little different than just like a more liberal Biden mm. e- executive order. It's actually like, what does the law what does the law say now that we have this Supreme Court decision? And, and that's going to be less, I think, you know, variable, even if a Republican is elected next uh, in 2024. Well, that's good news. And I, I imagine, though, that your mom and pop landlord might not that news might not trickle down to them. So I'm wondering yes. what can folks yes. who are worried that they're still going to face discrimination? Um, what can they do to prepare themselves going into that possibility? Yeah. And I think this is I mean, this is a big challenge because, like, I think rights, especially civil rights, really often depend on people to know about them. And I think right now there's just a huge awareness problem. So there's a lot of work that needs to be done for people to sort of learn their rights and learn how to then exercise them. The one I would say good thing about the Fair Housing Act is you don't need a lawyer or something. You don't need the resources to have like a lawyer in the beginning to lodge a complaint uh, since 1988 HUD's made it free. I mean, you do need to know that you can do that, and that requires, you know, like people working to do the education. But if you have been discriminated against, you can file at no cost a complaint with HUD, and then they investigate the complaints, and then they, you know, uh, if, if it goes before a court, then you could get a lawyer, but you don't have to. And, in fact, lawyers are often incentivized to represent um, people in housing discrimination cases because if let's go there with Shira and Ryan channel Q. Oh yes, it is Shira in the studio back for another show. And we got another Ryan in the house. It's not Ryan Mitchell. It's not the sleigh God. It's Ryan Basham. No relation. You know, no relation. But you are a political analyst. Yes, political analyst. That's what I do. Uh, you know it all when it comes to politics. Obviously, I know everything. Right? Yeah, That's what you, That's what you should always say. That, that's why they pay me the medium bucks. <laughs> We need to, you know, set the bar. We usually set it low. You've set it high. Oh, so no. what have I done? <laughs> but you've also worked for a lot of big organizations in the space, too. Yeah, yeah. I used to be with the uh, Stonewall Dems, uh, Stonewall Democrats, and uh, I was an advisor to the Biden campaign as well. So look at you. I know I'm so fancy. Uh, yeah. So done a little moving and shaking in the political space. Well, we're excited to have you here because there is lots happening in the political so space much. and definitely want to get your insights on all of it. It's also uh, National Eat What You Want Day. Mm. So, you know, since we don't have the choice for other things in our lives, at least we have the choice for what we eat. And that's why I brought a massive bag of tortilla chips today. <laughs> Let's just all binge eat, yeah. please. If you hear crunching in the next few do. hours, that's what it is. Uh, the freedom <laughs> to eat what we want to eat. And even that's nuanced because for some, we all know they can't. That's right. right? That's a privilege. That is a privilege. 
Well, we hope you eat what you want today. Just let it out. Let go, because let me tell you, there's some crazy news happening here <laughs> uh, in this country. Speaking of which, what's trending this hour right now? Here's the announcement that was just On made. this vote, the yeas are 49, the nays are 51. Three-fifths of the senators duly chosen and sworn not having voted in the affirmative. The motion is not agreed to. Yep, that was the abortion bill that just got blocked in the Senate, 49 to 51. The Women's Health Protection Act would have codified abortion rights into federal law. Uh, Majority Leader, uh, Senate Leader Chuck Schumer said, we are going to focus on this issue again and again from now until November. I mean, that's what he has to do to make sure that voters know that Republicans are blocking a woman's right to choose. And and that's how you make it a, a, a ballot box issue so that it you know, breaks through the noise of like inflation and all the other things that we expect voters to care about. I mean, and honestly, I mean, I'm not surprised, but I am disappointed that a Democrat voted this down. Too. Yeah, we'll talk more about that Democrat who voted Ooh, it down. I got so many things to and say. And the implications of that in 10 minutes. So stick around for uh, a definitely a hot conversation. Mm. Hot and bothered conversation. <laughs> Emphasis on bothered. Yes. Uh, a new nationwide survey confirms once again that LGBTQ plus people of all ages are what we already knew, affirming and supporting queer and trans youth safe lives. Uh, today, LGBTQ plus advocacy and crisis support organization, The Trevor Project, released its latest research into the mental health of queer youth, a survey of 34,000 young people ages 13 to 24. And it's very uh, a very revealing portrait of how youth are dealing with legislative attacks and COVID-19. And it's a roadmap for how to best support them. Trevor Project's always doing great work for this. And again, the stats on this isn't surprising. Right, unfortunately, but it's important that we that we know it underlines, uh, according to them. Us, the outlet which this was covered on, underlines the power of affirmation and joy. So it's highlighting the diverse experiences, uh, joys, and needs of youth, not just uh, the messed up stuff. We talk a lot about the depression and suicide that is impacting today's youth. Well, you know, I mean, people care so much about what's happening to teenagers right now. And one of the things we need to do is understand what actually impacts them. And, yep. and take care of them. Definitely. Double down on what's working. Yes. Versus doubling down on what doesn't work. Who knew? Yeah. Now, a new video obtained by NBC News shows Arizona Republican Senate candidate Blake Masters disputing any gender pay gap while insisting that men earn more because they do the risky and most dangerous jobs. <sighs> In the video taken at a candidate forum in Scottsdale, Masters made the claims and he argued against the need for the Equal Rights Amendment, a measure that would constitutionally prohibit discrimination on the basis of sex. This is another politician not actually looking at the real data and making it up instead. No, he said that the data that's being pushed, it's like the leftist is a narrative that the left is pushing. That's a really convenient way to invalidate whatever you don't like. Totally. Like, nothing is true. Just don't listen to them. At that point, it's just like, why? It, it, you, you think that something, information will help. But no. at that point, what are we supposed to do? No, I mean, you, when you're in a world where everyone makes the facts fit exactly. their agenda, there are no facts. Okay, well, that was what's trending this hour. I told you it was heavy, but we got some fun news in the T-Report. Uh, fun naked and raw. <laughs> <laughs> yes, let's talk about the, what's happening in entertainment news. Okay, so um, our my favorite and yours, Jesse Williams of Grey's Anatomy fame. Uh, so on Monday, he was nominated for a Tony for um, 
for a play called uh, Take Me Out. It's a Broadway revival. Mm-hmm. And uh, later that day, um, video leaked of him in his full frontal scene from uh, from that yeah. show. And I got to say, it's quite revealing. It's it's revealing. Uh, not safe for work. Uh, it is on Twitter, though. All over Twitter. It's all over Twitter. I may have watched it several many times. It's... It's fascinating. I always feel bad. So this is the double standard. If it was a woman, I feel like people would be like up in arms because it's sometimes a guy. It becomes mm. like, oh, let's show it off. Let's see it. So I feel like both sides, like it was an inv- uh, invasion of privacy. We're also like non-consensual, obviously. Absolutely. But I mean, the, it's, it's, the Performers Union on Broadway came out with a statement calling it an issue with consent and, and, and so on and so forth. But I got to say, I think if you're a Broadway fan, you know you can go on YouTube and find clips of your favorite shows. Totally. And this is, it's a good look. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I want to look like that at 40. I mean, actually, I want to look like that at my current age. Right. It's a good look. It's oh a great God. look. I mean, he's, uh, he's, he has it all. He has all the... In, in, in multitudes. Yeah. Uh, so he actually then appeared on Watch What, Watch what Happens Live with Andy Cohen, where, of course, they talked about it. And Andy just kept on having to ask him about being naked. Does the audience react to the nudity on stage? A non-reaction is a really interesting reaction. Yeah. Yeah. The quiet. It creates a lot of insecurity. Do you like a reaction? You I don't want like applause. any of it. I've learned in my minutes in, in theater, which is all the first uh, all the first for me, is don't start trying to read into it. Okay. Because it just creates more insecurity. How 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 insane though, this is your stage debut and you're like fully naked. It's scary. I'm told right? it's quite insane, but <laughs> It's so it's the first, so I've you know I got nothing to compare it to, and I'll, I won't be scared of anything after this. That's okay. I mean, look, <laughs> I can't say that I had the volume on every time I watched it, yeah. but when I did watch it, I feel like the audience was like, "Ooh!" They're like, "Can you just stop there and pause?" <laughs> All right. <laughs> Uh, we're getting we're blushing in the studio. Uh, well, thank you for that entertainment news, yes, ma'am. Ryan. Uh, coming up next, more on the abortion bill that just got blocked in the Senate and the Democrat again who voted against it. Can you guess who it is next? Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Well, the vote happened in Congress. The abortion bill vote happened in the Senate. It did not pass. It got blocked. Forty nine to fifty one. <sighs> Guess who was on the side with the Republicans? One Democrat. This freaking guy. Joe Manchin of West Virginia. Just who, keeps trolling us. He's I mean, I feel like he just, you know, he he's a Democrat just to make fun of us. Like he's poking us every day. He's practically a Republican. It seems like it. And uh, here's VP Kamala Harris outside talking to reporters after this happened. And sadly, the Senate fail to stand in defense of a woman's right to make decisions about her own body. And let's be clear, the majority of the American people believe in defending a woman's right, her choice, to decide what happens to her own body. And this vote clearly suggests that the Senate is not where the majority of Americans are on this issue. I mean, she said it, and I feel like people keep saying this, but... Until we uh, move on from an electoral vote, this will keep happening, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, we have a system that was designed to um, keep uh, a a small minority from having power. But what has ended up happening, here we are a couple hundred years later, is, um, you know, the Senate, the way that our our system of government is designed, the Senate is dramatically overrepresents conservatives. Um, And couple that with the filibuster, which means almost everything the Senate passes can't just pass by a simple majority it has to pass by at least 60 votes so you know we're in a situation where um you know it, with the republicans weaponizing their power to keep things from happening 
things that really matter, like uh, the right to choose, just can't happen legislatively. It's really tragic. And do you think this is going to be more fuel in the fire around Manjin? As a Democrat, I mean, he it feels like he keeps disappointing and not aligning with the Democrats, while the Republicans seem to be very aligned. On everything. Yeah, I mean, that's the, the perennial problem with Democrats is we want to, we care so much about doing the right thing and being honest about it that we don't pull together and get done what we want to get done as often as the Republicans do. Because the Republicans will lie with a smile on their face about what they're up to because they're getting what they want. Mm-hmm. Um, and their voters go along. Um, Joe Manchin, we have to be grateful for because he's a Democrat meaning, which means that um, uh, we're the Democrats can barely control the Senate. They can set the agenda in the Senate. They can't get everything they want done in the Senate, but at least they can set the agenda. If he were a Republican, we wouldn't have even that. Um, But at the end of the day, I mean, you know, Joe Manchin is, he's like, I'm a conservative. I'm a Democrat, but I'm a conservative. So he is not reliable when it comes to even moderate policies, uh, unless he really favors it, which is few and far between. So this just happened. What next? Because they obviously wanted this that we knew where everyone stands. And then it just became like, okay, the Republicans are against this. No surprise there. And now, again, it's a a revelation that a Democrat doesn't want to vote for this either. So I don't even know if this worked for Schumer in the way that he thought. No, they knew it was going to fail. I mean, the reason why they do that and why they are going to keep doing this is they want as many times as possible to get Republicans on the record yeah. voting against abortion rights. That's the whole point here. Um, you know, we, down the road, we may get to a place where there are 51 senators who are willing to kill the filibuster on this issue so that a bill can pass, but it probably won't be Joe Manchin. It might be a couple of Republicans like Susan Collins and Lisa Murkowski who probably feel guilty about helping get these Supreme Court justices on the Supreme Court believing they wouldn't overturn Roe v. Wade. And now here they're about to do it. Okay, well, we'll be continuing to cover this as the news breaks, definitely right here on Let's Go There. And the voice you're hearing right now is not Ryan Mitchell, my typical co-host. It's Ryan Basham, who's a political analyst. Hey, y'all. And perfect timing for all the political stories we're covering here on the show as well. And after this, uh, in Alabama, they've outlawed gender-affirming medicines for trans kids. We have a doctor who is on the ground there who helps these kids. Joining us for that next. Let's Go There with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. It is now a crime in Alabama to administer or prescribe gender-affirming puberty blockers and hormones to trans people under the age of 18. And it's a new law that took effect Sunday without intervention from the courts. And Alabama is actually the first state to start this type of ban on these treatments for trans youth. I mean, it's a lot of other states obviously proposing these types of laws, right? And so joining us is actually a doctor on the ground there, Dr. Hussein Abdul-Latif, a professor of pediatrics, pediatric endocrinology, and uh, he's from the University of Alabama at Birmingham. Welcome back to the show. Uh, thank you. It's good to be back. Yes. So this is really unfortunate, and this is happening right in your neighborhood. Yes. And, and so what's going on? Can you tell us what happened when you heard this news, and how does this change your work right now? Yes. Yeah. I mean, of course, the, the law was passed uh, and signed by the governor a little more than a month ago, and um, it was challenged in the courts Um and the hearing was last week, um, more like Thursday and Friday of last week. Um, at the end of the hearings, um, uh, we presented, you know, the plaintiffs uh, presented their case very strongly. The state had a very weak um, defense of their law. Uh, and the judge listened to everybody. Um, but at the end of the hearing, he did not um, make a, uh, a decision 
whether to put an injunction on the law or not. Um, and he is still uh, deliberating and thinking about his decision. So we anticipate his decision related to giving an, an injunction or not um, over the coming two days. Um, he promised that his decision will be uh, by the end of the week. Um, so, but in the meantime, the law did get into effect. And so now we are banned from prescribing uh, puberty blockers. We are banned from uh, administering pu- puberty blockers. We're banned from prescribing hormone therapy, estrogen and testosterone, uh, and also from administering them um, uh, over the last few days. Um, so it's, um, it's an adjustment. It's, um, and we're hoping that it's going to be a short-term adjustment, adjustment that the judge will grant us the injunct- injunction uh, we feel that we presented a very strong case in front of the judge. Um, yeah, I'm a little bit... Um, I wish the judge gave a, like a temporary restraining order on the law rather than allow the law to take effect, but that's what we have. Hmm. I, You know, obviously one kid is too many, but do we know how many young people are impacted by this by, right now? Yeah, so uh, before the law took effect, I picked uh, a list of the kids, uh, you know, the names uh, 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 that we have seen over the last year or so. And um, we have about 100 to 150 kids that are impacted by the law. Um, one reason I did pick up the names, because I wanted to make sure that um, they have prescriptions that are ongoing uh, and refills that are uh, updated so they will not run out of medication. It's remarkable that any court would allow a uh, you know, a, a breach in the continuity of care for anyone, especially a child. Um, can you talk a little bit about why these treatments for young people are so important? Because I think a lot of adults go, oh, well, you know, they can wait until they're adults to make decisions about their body that pertain to their gender identity. Can you talk about why it's important for that to ha- for those kids to have that support at a younger age? Yeah, so it's very, very interesting. Um, the, um, Lots of the literature that looks at transgender people talks about their mental health issues, depression, anxiety, uh, all of those kinds of things um, that um, transgender people deal with as adults, but also as children and adolescents. Uh, But the research that had been done on kids that received affirming care um, at a relatively young age, uh, their mental health situation is equal to the cisgender kids that do not have to deal with that. So, um, so if we do not provide uh, this gender-affirming care at a young age, we may be losing a certain uh, very important time frame to allow people, them to grow into healthy adults and healthy adolescents that will not deal with lifelong uh, trauma and scarring because of the non-affirming situation that they found themselves in when they were young. Yeah, and, and thank you for explaining that. Unfortunately, still so many people just don't understand. What are you telling these kids and their families right now? I'm sure people were calling you up and messaging you after this happened. Yeah, so um, so for example, uh, we did have a clinic um, yesterday Um where um, in that clinic we were expecting to see two new uh, kids to see us. They didn't come. Uh, mm-hmm. And um, that's, I don't know exactly why they did not come. Probably 
maybe they misunderstood that because of the law the clinic is canceled or or perhaps they were worried that it will be more traumatic to them to come and receive um, a statement from us that says we cannot treat you, uh, although we can provide other kind of care. Uh-huh. Um, one kid um, who lives about four hours away um, and was anticipating to start on medications during the visit, the mother called and canceled the visit um, for several reasons. One of them, uh, she, they they cannot afford transportation very well. She will have to rent a car in order to drive the four-hour drive to Birmingham and then back to their uh, town. Um, but the other part, and that was the more important one, she felt that the mental health of the child would be much worse if they came to see us in the clinic and received a statement from us that I cannot prescribe the medicine to you today because of the law. Uh, and she felt that it may be easier for them not to come rather than come and face us with a disappointment that we cannot prescribe them the medication. Wow, that's tragic. That's just tragic. That breaks my heart. I, I, I you know, I, I wonder, what, what do you say to parents who, who say, you know, well, you know, what if my kid changes their mind later or something like that? People who talk, you know, want to delay care. What, what do you say to them? Yeah, so, um, I mean, like, what I say to every child that I treat is that, um, here, I'm treating you, I'm treating you for you, not for me. So one of the things that I emphasize for them is that if you do want to change your mind, I welcome that. I I can hear it and we can work together on it. Um, The puberty blockers are completely reversible. So if someone identifies as female but was born and and labeled as male when they were born, Putting them on puberty blockers does not change anything. Uh, so if they change their mind, the only thing that we do is just stop the puberty blockers, and then uh, their uh, cisgender uh, puberty takes place, and, and we're fine. Uh, so, so puberty blockers um, are completely reversible um, if a child changes their mind. Now, when it is someone who's a, an older teenager and uh, started testosterone therapy or estrogen therapy, we um, explain to them in detail um, that there will be some changes that will be hard to reverse or perhaps, um, you know, not reversible, you know, change in voice, uh, growth in breasts, um, uh, some growth in hair on the face and different parts of the body. So we make sure that they are uh, very aware of those changes that may not change. And, and we also let them know that um, although those um, changes may not change, you can change your mind, but be aware that there will be things that, um, that will be harder for you to reverse. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here and for those updates and for the work you're doing. Um, yeah, it, it's a really crazy and unfortunate time right now, and we hope that all those kids are getting the support that they definitely need. That was Dr. Hussein Abdulati from the University of Alabama at Birmingham. Thank you again. Thank you for having me. Uh, Now, coming up next, why Google Maps have been thrust into the fight over Roe v. Wade. That is next. 
Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Well, everyone is calling out Google Maps right now because basically amidst these protests that are happening at the homes of Supreme Court justices in the wake of these the leaked draft decision indicating a possible overturn of Roe v. Wade, uh, people found their homes and they found on Google Maps that their homes were blurred. Mm-hmm. And now they're saying, oh, Google, you're trying to protect these people. Where in the end, that's not necessarily the case, right? Because you have a choice. Yeah, you can ask Google to blur you your house out. I didn't realize this. Yeah, yeah. So it's not a big deal to ask them to blur your house out. Not like, like it makes a huge difference. I mean, if you know someone's address, you know <laughs> yeah. where they live. I don't know what the big deal is, but I guess, you know, I guess they felt obligated to go ahead and proactively do that. Or maybe they all individually asked Google Maps to blur out their houses and we're just not hearing that they asked for it. Maybe they thought by blurring it out, the address wouldn't show up. Like it would just look like there's nothing there it doesn't exist they must own an empty lot over there right (laughs) totally it reminds me of if you've watched inventing anna when they go back to anyway that's on netflix and they go back to her home they're like where did the home go she was supposed to live in a kingdom and she obviously doesn't Uh, but do you think (laughs) as as a political analyst um and someone who's obviously in this space do you think it's wrong for people to protest at these individuals' homes. I mean, they are public figures. It Mm. feels like to me, when you sign up for a job like that and you're going to be creating rules that impact people's lives, you open yourself up to people protesting. And if they know where you are, whether it's at the office or at home, unfortunately. Well, I'm of two minds of it. I, I think it's okay if it's peaceful. But you remember, you know... Yes, of course. It, but yeah, yeah, peaceful. Because Governor Gretchen Whitmer had people planning to kidnap her from her house and take her out to forest and execute her. So, you know, that that's not cool. Yeah. But at the end, on the other side of that, though, um, you know, stuff like this, I think, does discourage good people from seeking high office because, you know, once you run for office, you become somebody's enemy. And then you might have people showing up at your house. And I think there are a lot of good people who don't get in the public sphere for that reason. Which is unfortunate, of course. But I feel like, once again, it comes with the territory, unfortunately, including when you're um, making decisions around people's lives. They're going to come say something to you about it. There you go. All right. Well, coming up next, we've got What's Trending this hour. Uh, We're going to go to Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer's response to the uh, Senate failing to pass the abortion bill. So that and more next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Yes, it's Shira. We are back. More music coming up right here on Channel Q. Ryan, another Ryan is in the studio with me filling in for Ryan Mitchell. Ryan Basham, political analyst. Oh, hey. Oh, hey. Hey, it's been fun having you on. such a thrill. Such a treat. I know because in the past, like the last time I saw you was during the election, right? When yeah. we were doing a special downstairs mm-hmm, in, the, mm-hmm. in Super our Super Tuesday on uh, 2016, right? 2016? No, 2020. No. 2020, oh right before God. the pandemic. Right before the pandemic. Wow. That is wild. Yeah. Uh, so that was the last time we saw each other and a lot has happened since. So much. It's like the whole world has changed. <laughs> Literally. Like what? And you've been doing a lot in the political arena, as always. Yeah. You know, um, I was an advisor to the Biden campaign. And then when the election ended, you know, I just kind of was like, let's see. I was like, let me breathe. And mm-hmm. now here we are in a midterm election cycle and I'm already in it. Right. And and you're not going to jump on board and support a campaign or how does that even work? I mean, it it varies. It depends. Um, my policy is usually... Uh, Let's wait and see what happens, because what matters more to me than being with the, you know, like playing the game of who's the winning candidates, I just want to get in there and make a difference for queer and other disadvantaged groups. Um, And so I'm like, okay, who looks like they're going to actually make waves? And then I'll support them with their policies and stuff like that. Uh 
Um, yeah. I care less about, you know, be, a lot of political people are like, I got to back the right candidate because I want a job in the administration. That matters less to me. I just want to make sure that while they're crafting their policy during their campaign, I can help with that. You're hired. Oh, go on. Where's my check? <laughs> yeah. Are you going to work with the Victory Institute at all? You would be great with them. Uh, I mean, I'm definitely, I definitely have <laughs> We're just having no coffee fo- talk right I now. I mean, listen, um, I'm always for hire for the right price. <laughs> I like to call myself offer only at this point. Uh, I've definitely connected with uh, those folks. But, you know, I mean, the, the ecosystem of people who work in political stuff is always moving. So you never know. It's fascinating to me. All right. Well, I'm, I'm waiting to get my citizenship and then maybe I'll yeah, I'm not, Now that I know you don't have it yet, I'm going to hound you. I know. Hey, do it. I'll be hounded. <laughs> I can sense to the hounding. I'm going to send you pictures of my vote my mail ballots and be like, see what you could be doing? I know. All right. Now, <laughs> the guilt, the Jewish guilt is on. Um, coming up on the show, uh, raising money for AAPI Heritage Month and the Asian community through NFTs. We have one organization joining us in 30 minutes to share more about what they're up to. Plus, the Black Queer Broadway show that led the Tony noms. Ryan's got that in the T-Report in a moment. First, let's get into some what's trending this hour, though, right now. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer uh, shared this after the Senate failed to advance the Women's Health Protection Act today. The vote we just took makes crystal clear the contrast between the parties as we approach the midterm elections. Vote, elect more pro-choice Democrats if you want to see a woman have control over her own body. Elect more pro-choice Democrats if you want to protect a woman's freedom and right to choose. Elect more MAGA Republicans if you want to see a nationwide ban on abortion, if you want to see doctors and women arrested, if you want to see no exceptions for rape or incest. What's your take on now this whole mag? We we already know the MAGA narrative, but the the uh, Democrats saying the MAGA Republicans, their choice of that. I mean, you know, I think it's great because what we have not done is really like stick them in the ground to it, like okay. hold them to like this is where you're at now. And you know what Schumer's saying is right. Like it doesn't take fifty senators to control the Senate; it takes sixty. So we do need more. Mm-hmm. So it's really interesting to see what's going to come from this, if anything. But we will be hearing it, as Schumer has said, about this until the primaries. Now, there is a nationwide baby formula shortage. This is wild. I recently heard about the story. And if you're a parent, this has been impacting you. 100%. So I am sorry. Um, it's impacting people coast to coast, including those, of course, who choose not to or can't breastfeed and those who have medically fragile children and can't have other nutrition sources. And it's really sad because it's all because of the tight supply chain right now. And there's a production halt also at an Abbott nutrition facility in Michigan. They're actually seeking to to restart the plant after it recalled three popular brands of powdered infant formula in February following reports of four infants who ate it at the facility got sick with rare infections and died. Jeez. Yes. So other manufacturers are saying they're producing at full capacity. Hopefully something will be done soon because this is really scary. It's really scary. I mean, this is the price we pay for, you know, for 20 years or more. We've gotten cheap stuff out of China that we can buy on Amazon. And now the supply chain gets us in the other direction and bites us in the butt because we now need that supply chain for baby formula. And now kids are going hungry. Yes. Hopefully push us to build that here in the U.S. Yeah. Yes. I said to my boyfriend last night, isn't there an opening? We should start a business. He's like, yeah, but by the time they figure it out, then you're going to lose all your business. I'm like, and it takes a long time to figure that out. (laughs) Me, I'm like, overnight we're making a baby formula company. Yeah, food product for infants. (laughs) 
up in two weeks. Let's go. Let's do it. Plant-based. Hey, there are trees. All right. That was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news? There are trees. Feed your babies with trees. Someone's doing that. Someone's doing it. Uh, Let's do it for profit. Um, Let's start for the TV report. What's going on in entertainment? So uh, a black queer Broadway show has led the Tony noms. This is really exciting. Its star also, Elle Morgan Lee, became the first trans performer to be nominated for a Tony. Um, A Strange Loop garnered 11 nominations um, and the musical I did not know this the musical won a Pulitzer Prize for drama in 2020 before it even got to Broadway it's about a black gay man writing a musical about a black gay man who is writing a musical isn't that something very meta very meta it's the age of meta these days <laughs> yes. into the multiverse and not Facebook they don't get credit no no Facebook is canceled <laughs> <laughs> yes. This is really cool, though. I'm excited to see this. Like, one day I'll go to New York and go to Broadway again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say we have li- named at least two reasons to go to Broadway right now in the show today. Yes. Oh, yes, you're right. <laughs> it, it took me a, a moment. I'm going to go to get married. <laughs> go. I, I hear I, he's single. Here, there's a lot of uh, people packing, <laughs> packing things. Yeah, on the stage. <laughs> okay. Coming up next... <laughs> The good and bad news about housing for the LGBTQ community and what the government is doing to help, including the Supreme Court. That's after this. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. It's AAPI Heritage Month, and we wanted to highlight individuals and organizations making an impact in this space. And I'm so excited to talk about this next organization. It actually is a platform that is using NFTs and cryptocurrency to help the AAPI communities. So this is something new. So cool. Get ready. Get curious. And the founder behind it, along with presidential candidate Andrew uh, Andrew. Yang. Yang joins us right. Uh, well, he, Andrew's not here. Jack Yang joins us right now. Yeah, Jack, could you call Andrew real quick? <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. We're yeah, so let glad me, to let have me you. Give him a ring. <laughs> uh, Jack from Golden Dow is with us. Thanks again for being here. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. The music beforehand just pumped me up. Yes. And I'm so excited to talk to both of you. Oh, my God. So excited to have you on and continue to spread the word. So, one, you had really built a presence um, during the Stop Asian Hate movement. And tell us a bit about that and what led you to starting Golden Dow. Yeah, so, you know, leading the, the movement came from kind of just a place of empathy and, and feeling the pain of the community and the feeling that I had the solu- I had in the solution that I thought made sense, which was to uh, kind of change culture by bringing some younger, hip, cool folks that the media would cover cover right, and and that's what's really going to draw attention and Smart. give permission to other people in the community to take action, right? Because we haven't seen that in the past, where you know it's like a young Asian dude in media or or woman or whoever mm-hmm. in, in media you know, leading movements like this. It's always like people who look like our parents that, yeah. you know, kind of boring, kind of uninviting. This is a really and great so media decided, strategy. Yeah, I mean, it's it's simple, right? It's like, you know, if if, if kids and millennials and Gen Z are, are taking action, it's like, wow. Like, that is that is movement, right? That's grassroots. There's, there's no intention. It's like the NCAA. It's like, it's like these kids care and they're not doing it for any political reasons or anything like that. They, they care. Yeah. So I was, I, I flew back to New York. I quit my job at Instagram and I hosted my first rally, which was a record breaking rally. It brought t- over 10,000 people to a park 
so in cool. March last year. And um, I that was kind of my expectation. I thought this was it. I'm just going to do this. But it just kept on calling me and it kept on requiring more of me. And, you know, I did it again in Times Square, took over all the billboards, uh, brought Rihanna out, was was awesome. covered in like, you know, all the all the major news channels and CNN and New York Times, New York Post, things like that. But, you know, what what happened was it just, you know, I'm, I'm a young entrepreneur. I'm not waiting for nonprofits or, or government grants. I just started working really hard mm. and funding a lot of these projects myself. And I realized, wow, like what if someone else wanted to start these movements or these rallies or, or host something to uplift the community, where do they go? And they really had nowhere to go. And I was like, okay, we have to change that. And uh, how do we incentivize people to start movements, take action? And uh, the, the thinking was we can create a DAO around it um, and, and just give permission and inspire people to take action. That's so cool. Isn't it? I'm Jack really is a rock star, by the way. Yeah, yeah, um, we're going to have you, Jack. <laughs> but, uh, Jack, you mentioned the word DAO, D-A-O, D as in dog. Too, yeah. yeah, can you explain what that is for the regular folks? Yeah, so it's a decentralized autonomous organization. Essentially, the, the easiest way to explain it is like it's a, it's a group, let's say it's a, a group chat full of people who are in this DAO, in this membership, mm. and there is a fund around it where you guys might have raised or someone might have granted it to you and you guys as a group gets to decide where to where to allocate these funds. Uh, so, you know, one of the, the issues with social activism is, uh, and, and just kind of what we've noticed in a, in a lot of these social activism nonprofits, you know, uh, there's, there's a lot of mistrust with where the, the funds are going uh, there was a uh, there was a story that was released recently about someone who bought like a six million dollar house, and you know with with you know everything being on the blockchain, these things can't happen, right? It's mm-hmm. uh, you know everything is transparent. Like you have to vote on where to spend uh, and where to use these funds. So we think this is a solution to the traditional sort of nonprofits where one there's transparency, two if you want to act on helping because people don't want to just donate, they want to help. There's an avenue for you to do that. And three, uh, there's also like-minded individuals who care about the same cause as you. So building that and bringing it into a DAO is, is the idea, right? Is the dream, but it's not easy all the time, right? Cause you have, you know, web three expectations like technology. And then you're bringing a lot of people from the web two world and trying to bridge that gap. So there, it's not always easy. There is, there is a lot of, uh, you know, things we're still figuring out. Yeah. Well, we appreciate, we need to go. I feel like we, this could There's be so much here. So much I want to ask, <laughs> uh, but thank you for giving us a little bit of a peek into what you're doing. Anything just oh. for 30 seconds to wrap up, like anything else you want to share in terms of what you're doing this month or moving forward and how people can get involved? Yeah. So it's Asian Heritage Month. Uh, if you want to support kind of what we're doing, uh, we partnered with Pledge, uh, who Shira actually introduced us to, and you can right, find sure. us by uh, clicking uh, pledge.to slash golden DAO to contribute. You can contribute in crypto or with your credit card to, uh, and 100% of proceeds go to nonprofit. So uh, I appreciate you making that connection, Shira, and I just really appreciate you giving someone like me a voice and time and sharing to your audience. Aww. Aww. <laughs>
All right. I'm, I'm blushing. She is. It's uh, true. I see that. Is, go to goldendow.xyz for more. Thanks for being here, Jack. And hopefully next time we'll have Andrew on. Also. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Appreciate, Appreciate you both. Yes. She's bringing the world together. Yeah, no. That's what I'm trying to do. Speaking of protesting, an actor super glued his hand to a Starbucks counter, and it's becoming a new protest trend. More next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. The actor James Cromwell... You know him from movies like Babe. <laughs> Babe. He was nominated for an Oscar for Babe. He was nominated for an Oscar for that. I feel like he's been in a lot of other movies. A million that he's in succession right now. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So he super glued his hands to a Starbucks counter in protest, a PETA protest. So here's a clip. Save the planet! Save the cow! And the vegan upcharge now! When will you stop charging us more for vegan milk? When will you stop raking in huge profits while customers, animals, and the environment suffer? The senseless of charge hurts animals. Okay, look at him. That is a passionate plea. And listen, I'm veganish. I'm a vegetarian. And so I'm all about this. I, I opted, and I saw you opt for the almond milk. Yeah, I, I, uh, it's not like a. I mean, I appreciate not wanting to like hurt the environment and hurt animals and stuff. But really, I just prefer almond milk. But I do appreciate <laughs> yeah. not liking the up. Like I eat gluten free, and like sometimes a gluten free bun for a burger is like an extra five bucks or something, and that does seem excessive. So yeah, you know. stop upcharging for people who are trying to just be healthy and be Come good on. to the world and animals. You know, they could write it off. Starbucks could write it off. We subsidize almond milk for people for the environment. Yeah. The thing is, the more something is new and they're buying less of it, mm-hmm. right? So, but I think at this point, it's me- more people are getting it. Oh, yeah. So, if you can buy more of it and people can create more of it, it, it costs less, right? Absolutely. The more an industry becomes mainstreamed. But, like, pl- gluing your hand to a counter is that productive as a protest i've never heard of this i mean it gets it gets media hits that's what happens and with someone who's like an oscar nominee does it it gets in the news and i think that's why it's productive yeah because but, you wouldn't uh, handcuff yourself anymore yeah. i guess you well, can't you know, do that. i don't do people still do that i don't think so but i mean like why, why chain yourself to a tree when you can glue your hand to a counter oh, yeah that seems like it really hurts though yeah. like how do you get yourself off of that what if you get stuck i mean i remember a kid did that that to somebody else's butt cheeks in high school Ooh, once it took a couple right. days Wow. Sorry, right. did I go too far? I'm getting some visuals right now. That seems really uncomfortable. Okay, well, next up, uh, the safest safest, sorry, countries in the world. This just came out. It's getting shared on social media. So we're going to get into that and more next on What's Trending This Hour. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Yes, we're back and stick around for more music here on Channel Q. Right now we've got more show. It is me, Shira. we got another Ryan joining me, filling in for Ryan Mitchell. We've got Ryan Basham. You can call me Ryan, too. Ryan, too. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Ryan Jr. Oh. No, you don't like that. Are you Ryan Sr.? Actually, you are a senior because you're older than the other Ryan. How dare you? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> wiser. Not older, you're wiser. There it is. <laughs> Uh, but it's been great having you on. Of course, Ryan is a political analyst. Yeah. Bringing his political knowledge and prowess here. Yes. Let's go here. Prowess. That's my favorite word of the day now. Yeah, I like it. I just said it. It came out of my mouth and I'm like, haven't used that word in a Isn't while. it great when a word comes out of your mouth and you're not ashamed of it? Totally. Or you're like, where did that come from? How did my brain go there? And, and do like, I really know word. what it means? <laughs> what? <laughs> Sometimes I do bring up words and the other Ryan, Ryan who's usually here, will be like, Wait, did you just like 
decide to use that word. Did you look that up? And I'm like, no. He's like, you never have used that word. Where you, did it come from? You keep using that word. I and don't I think it means like, what you think and, it means. And I'll be like, he's like, it's a good word. I'm like, I know. I'm Somehow my brain worked in that moment. <laughs> and went back to uh, reading really smart articles. <laughs> so we have got um, the filmmaker behind an award-winning documentary called Sexplanation joining us in 30 minutes. Hmm. Uh, where they get into the explanations around sex and the shame some of us have and their journey around sexuality. So cool. I'm I'm excited for that because I like any conversation around sex pretty much. (laughs) Plus, it's not just Florida Republicans going after Disney, but now U.S. Senators and Mickey Mouse is its latest target. That's in the T-Report in a moment. Let's get into some what's trending this hour, though, right now. Republicans in the Louisiana House have used a rare procedure to revive a don't-say-gay bill that had previously died after this bipartisan vote had stalled the bill in a House Education Committee. So it would prohibit kindergarten through eighth grade public school employees from discussing sexual orientation and gender identity in general with students. It would also prevent kindergarten through 12th grade employees from discussing their own sexual orientations and gender identities. Mm. And so that means it would make it illegal for teachers to reference their own gender or marital status, although it's probably not going to be enforced, we know, for cisgender or heterosexual teachers, which is the ridiculous part. Like, yeah, if you're going to say this is for everyone or, yeah, let's make it for everyone. None, no one's going to talk about anything, who they are, what they do. Yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, these people are assuming that heteronormative identities are, they're the base model and that, anything else is like... in this. Yeah. It's it's crazy. It's crazy. But, you know, this is happening everywhere. It is. It's really unfortunate and scary. Now, there's actually some breaking news. A nearly $1 billion settlement in last year's collapse of that Miami Beach area condo building was announced during a routine status conference in a Florida courtroom this afternoon. You remember that collapse, right? Just, yeah. It was horrifying. Oh, my God. Yeah. Lawyers involved in the class action lawsuit representing tenants from the oceanfront building in Surfside announced that, yeah, they're doing a uh, or they had a nine hundred and ninety seven million dollar settlement and it had been reached. I mean, honestly, I always wondered if a building should be built in front of a beach on sand. And now I definitely know that that's not going to happen for me. Nine hundred ninety seven million dollars isn't worth living in front of a beach now for me. Well, it's not worth your life, that's no. for sure. You just have to make sure that where you're moving, you know, well, how do you know? Like, you just trust that safety, like, standards are being, uh, play, like, are, are being lived up to, but it's unfortunate if they aren't. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, not to be totally partisan, however, Republicans tend to want to reduce, you know, uh, the kinds of rules and laws that govern whether or not buildings are maintained in a safe manner mm-hmm. and that's what's up in florida like relying on the individual to yeah. make those decisions I, it's an individual liberty to decide whether or not you're going to build a building safely <laughs> <laughs> that people are supposed to live in yeah you don't need to take any sort of accountability no. until of course this happens and there you go you need to pay now finally oh because i did tease this just quickly safe countries in the world it got announced uh, so this came from the Institute of Economics and Peace, IEP. They released their annual Global Peace Index, and they um, showed that the average level of peace also deteriorated by 0.07% from the year before, which makes sense because of COVID. So the U.S. is not on, the, on that list, if you're 
answering. <laughs> what a shock. Uh, yeah, it's unfortunate, you know. We're supposed to be the most quote-unquote developed nation. I mean, I guess for... in some ways we are, but there are countries that warn their citizens about visiting certain parts of the country mm, yeah. if they're LGBTQ. We know for that. For good reason. Yeah. At number 10, Canada. Czech Republic, number 9. Ireland is in there. Switzerland, Austria, Slovenia, Portugal, Denmark, New Zealand, and finally at number one, Iceland. I, I'm, I think I moved to Portugal. Place. Portugal's a really good spot here. Right? Um, okay, that was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news? Oh, it's time for the tea report. What's going on in entertainment news? So, um, Republicans in Congress are coming for the mouse. Um, Senate, Republican Senator Josh Hawley uh, yesterday proposed legislation that limits copyright protection to 56 years. Um, according to the Copyright Clause Restoration Act of 2022, the law would re- retroactively apply to existing copyrights. So Disney has gotten their copyright for the original Steamboat Willie Mickey Mouse extended several times. Mm-hmm. And up until now, Congress has passed it by a voice vote. They haven't even taken individual votes. They're like, yes, unanimous, let's do it. This time, though, they're coming for the copyright of the original Mickey Mouse and the Steamboat Willie saying that basically if Disney's going to be woke, you're not going to get to keep your copyright protections. How does that make sense? Well, Why does it have one, one thing have to do with the other? You know, they're finding any way they can to hurt Disney and do it in a public way. That's all. They're using Mickey Mouse for publicity. Uh, he deserves better, or they deserve better. I don't know. I don't either. Yeah. Let's get Mickey out of the binary. That's right. Yes, yes. But unfortunate. I'm sure Disney will figure it out. They've got the money. Oh, yeah, they'll be fine. They'll be fine. This is a publicity blow, not a money blow. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for that. And actually, coming up next, we're talking about the primaries. Uh, there were elections that happened last night. A lot of times we don't realize this. Yeah, all the time, everywhere, there are elections. So we're going to talk more about the elections that happened last night and more endorsements from Trump. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. You might not know this, but we're in primary season. Yep. Oh, already. Yeah, last night it was Nebraska and West Virginia. And here to break it all down, political analyst and my guest co-host, Ryan Basham. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, there's, you know what? And this is just like the trickle. I mean, it's only going to get more and more crazy. But so far, okay, so let's get to yeah. Nebraska first. Uh, Republican primary uh, for governor there. Um, this is the first race in 2022 where Trump's endorsed candidate did not win the Republican Ooh, primary. But he was a historically bad candidate. There are se- eight, actually eight women who have credibly accused him of sexual assault. Um, and uh, he also was accused of moving his agriculture business out of state. Apparently that's not a proven fact, but he's a- allegedly done that. And so like, you know, the, actually the outgoing Republican governor endorsed the other guy, not Trump's pick. Um, so this is the first person that Trump has endorsed that lost. And then in West Virginia, there are two sitting congressmen who were redrawn into the same district because of the reapportioning. Mm-hmm. So they were running against each other in the primary. Uh, but Trump's endorsed candidate and that one did win. So now Trump is at um, 39 of the 40 Republicans he's endorsed in primaries so far this year have won. However, it's important to note, uh-huh. a lot of those are like Republicans who were going to win anyway. They either had were unopposed or they didn't have serious opposition. So he's padding his numbers. So, yeah. So he's basically going after uh, endorsing candidates he knows are going to win. And then it makes him look good also. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so there is legit evidence that his endorsement means a lot. But there's also plenty of room to interpret this as saying it's not the be all end all. Um, and, and, you know, in the case of the guy, the Republican running for uh, governor in Nebraska, you know, the outgoing governor endorse the guy who won against Trump's pick. So established 
uh, politicians might be able to, you know, counterbalance Trump a little bit. And do they want to counterbalance Trump? I mean, I think one of the luxuries of being an outgoing governor is if you don't plan to run for another office, you can go against Trump without having to worry about it. Yeah. So in that case, probably. But in other cases, probably not. Unless you're like a Republican in a swing district in New Jersey, you probably don't want to go against Trump. You know, the fact that that uh, person lost in Nebraska, the one that had the, all these sexual assault allegations, yeah. is, gives, gives me hope because... If he had gotten elected mm-hmm. after all that, I don't know. I mean, it, it wouldn't have been surprising. That's the unfortunate thing with where we're at here in America. Yeah. But at least it was like, okay. And I don't even know if that's the reason why he didn't get voted in. Hopefully people I noticed mean, he was like, this is maybe not the person you want to get. <laughs> I mean, and Trump tried hard, too. He had a rally for him, I think, last oh. week in Nebraska. Trump tried hard. But, you know, this is somebody credibly accused of sexual assault endorsing someone who's credibly accused of sexual assault. So what does this really say about America? Uh, yes. It's like, it's like once again, uh, you're cut from the same cloth. Absolutely cut from the same cloth. I mean, you Birds know. Birds of a feather flock, flock together. together. I think that the, the takeover of MAGA Trumpism uh, of the Republican Party is you know, pretty well and done at this point. Do you think it's at this point 50-50 or do you think it's majority mega Republican as now the Democrats are saying? I mean, I would say it's now majority, not as majority as it looks, because a lot of people who say they are really aren't. They just say they're mega Republicans because, you know, they feel like they have to to stay in office. And they're probably right. Um, So some of them are saying behind closed doors, I'm not with this. So it's probably not as many as it looks, but it is a majority, well, I think. We, we even saw with those calls that were released and those texts that when people were calling out Trump and yet to the press and to the public, they're saying, oh, yeah, they, like they're pro all of this. Yeah. Well, and a tape I think came out yesterday of Senator Lindsey Graham th- saying how great it was that we had Joe Biden after January 6th and, you know, <laughs> trashing Trump, basically. And then he goes on Fox News and talks about how Joe Biden is awful and Trump is the best. They know what they're doing. So finally, why is it important for people to watch out for these primaries and what's coming up next that we should be looking out for? I mean, primaries are really important and a lot of people skip them, not realizing that uh, it makes a big difference. So it's 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 really important to vote every time you can vote. And and when you when you don't, what happens is only the extremes of each party are picking the candidates. So yeah. so what I'm looking for is what is the voter voter turnout like right now? Is it just those extreme people on the far edge of the Republican Party, because if they're controlling the agenda for the Republican Party, it's only going to get worse. Show up and vote, y'all. Yes, definitely. Okay, next up, we are pivoting, as we do here, an award-winning documentary called The Sexplanation. The director is joining us after this. We're going to be looking at how we got here, how we can do better going forward when it comes to sex and sexuality and our relationship with that. That's super important. Yeah, after this. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. So this guy wanted to get a new item back on the Taco Bell menu <laughs> so badly that he did his own little protest, okay? He vowed to work out every day until Taco Bell brought back uh, this menu, the uh, Taco Bell Grilled Stuffed Nacho. Okay? And so in doing so... Uh, and at the time, he weighed nearly 300 pounds. I can't. He lost 87 pounds in 16 months thanks to his his love of the Taco Bell food and what became a viral challenge. Well, you know this makes history. It's the first time Taco Bell has caused someone to lose weight. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what that says about like the whole thing. It's like the opposite effect, right? Like the Subway guy, who will not be named because he's not well, a good person. Not, yeah. 
Uh, <laughs> He's canceled from life. Right. Uh, he ended up showing how good Subway was and ate it all and then lost weight. I feel like, if anything, does this work in reverse or does this make people want Taco Bell even more? I mean, here's the... Okay, yes. And here's why I say yes. Um, because not knowing you pulled this story, I pulled a different Taco Bell story. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, the Mexican pizza, another item Taco Bell had for a long time that was very popular. They pulled it in November of 2020, which upset millions of fans, including Dolly Parton. Uh-huh. And she called for it to come back and so now she's partnered with Taco Bell for a new musical to be streamed on TikTok called Mexican Pizza the Musical. It comes out on May 26th. It also has Doja Cat in it. And this is wow. this is about to happen. This is about to, this is what the links people go to to bring items oh back to Taco God. Bell. Menu. It's like I I don't get how they have this fandom. I mean, it works for them because it's natural marketing. Yeah. Organic marketing. Yeah. Everybody knows what a fourth meal is now. I don't. You don't? Okay, what well, is not a everybody. fourth meal? Fourth meal was this huge ad campaign Taco Bell had a few years ago where you like eat your breakfast, your lunch, your dinner. When you're hungry late at night, you go to Taco Bell for your fourth meal. Oh, my God. I mean, that's brilliant. And also, how healthy is that? Well, that's how this guy got to be over 300 pounds in the first place, probably. Uh, yes. And by the way, when I said 87, it was LBS, which because it came from the Daily Mail in the UK, that's actually 188 pounds. He lost 188 oh, pounds. Oh, I didn't clock that li- either. Li- libs, whatever. Libs? Libs. Oh, my gosh. I mean, look, if I had known this worked this way, I would be eating Taco Bell. I'd be like, let me get some, let me lose some weight. Let me just, uh, I'll go to Taco Bell and just have some, something else. What's another yeah. option? Just to drink a soda. Ooh, a soda. Uh, nacho Bell Grande? I don't know. <laughs> well, oh, yeah, because they have the grilled stuffed nacho. Okay, I'm like losing, uh, losing track of all the things they have. In this I mean, menu. that's the thing. It's like they take five items and make 50 things out of them. Okay. Well, um, this is a great option for all those Taco Bell lovers. Uh, You might want to try the reverse Taco Bell challenge. The reverse Taco Bell challenge. Don't eat Taco Bell every day. But do work out every day. Exactly. Or or be a very famous musician and do a musical. Either way, you win. (laughs) And Taco Bell wins too, That's right. That's right. All right. We'll be back with more of Let's Go There right after this. Here's some more music. Let's Go There with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Oh, yeah. We are going there right now. There's an award-winning documentary out. It's called Sexplanation, and it looks at how we tackle these issues head-on because definitely it doesn't necessarily happen in our society. No, it doesn't. And so before we bring on our guest, I want to play a little bit of the trailer. How do you define an orgasm? Define that for me, sexual being. How do you define sex? Hi, I'm Alex. America raised me to be ignorant about sex. The vulva? I think that's what that it's is. It's not the vulva. Vagina majoris. The vagina no, minoris. Not quite. No? Did you? Okay. Vagina minoris. Yeah. I mean, honestly, even me, and I, I'm embarrassed to say sometimes I refer to parts of me like in the wrong ways. Like, uh, I won't say the right names and my friends or even my boyfriend will have to, like, will tell me like, no, that's not what it's called. <laughs> You're referencing the wrong part. We get to know more about our bodies. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. Well, right now joining us is Sexplanation director Alex Liu. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thanks for having me. Hi. Well, we love this. We love talking about sex. And it's uh, so relatable. Yes. Tell us more about why you decided to do this documentary. Yeah, very similarly. I, I did not know many of my body parts and how they worked. Uh, I think... You know, it's very 
you know, I think growing up in America, growing up, especially in the 90s, when there was really heavy abstinence-only sex education, uh, kind of screws you up, you know. And so the, the goal was, uh, I was 36 years old, still dealing with a lot of sexual shame. Uh, so rather than uh, kind of scream into the abyss about it, decided to travel across the country, across Canada, talking to the kind of premier sex educators, researchers, thinkers, tell them my deepest, darkest sexual shames and see what came out of it and how to help me process them. And, and the result is the film. That's so incredibly brave because, I, I mean, I think I would be intimidated by even having the prospect of sharing my deepest, darkest shames around sex. Like, I remember th- certain things from sex ed class in high school that, like, looking back at them, horrify me. The way what they taught us and what they didn't in the context around shame and, like, fear around sex. Um, I'm actually kind of curious what... Um, what, do you, what what sticks out to you when you think back to your own sex education growing up that was like the worst thing or the most off thing? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's, it's they, they try to scare you to say no. Right. So it's just showing like full on full frontal childbirth to scare people uh, showing. Uh, we sat through maybe an hour of videos of like full on like, you know, syphilis, gonorrhea, like <sighs> showing genitals that have gone through horrible, you know, you know, untreated. STIs and really to try to get you scared about sex, right? And, 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 and you know, at this point, I, I, I understand why they do that. There is, there is a good reason that people should know about the risks of sex. Um, but, but if that's the only thing you're learning, then, then you, you, there's no way you come out of that prepared to have positive sexual experiences, which what really sex education should do, because sex is one of the best parts of life. So shouldn't we be preparing our children uh, to go into the world, have healthy, beautiful, wonderful sex lives. Because if we don't, that can be really damaging later on. Definitely. And also how that probably impacted you as a, a young gay man as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, no no one even talked about gay. And if they did, it was only under the, the context of HIV AIDS. Yeah. So, so, yeah, you know, there's just no way that I could have come out of that experience uh, and, I, and I grew up in the Bay Area, so I had it better than most people in this country. Uh, so, so that that the the yeah the, the impetus was really seeing also a lot of my my peers who were having kids for the first time, not knowing how to stop kind of the cycles of shame. You know, I had a lot of blame towards my parents about how they dealt with the whole idea, but you realize very quickly that like they had it even worse in many ways. Mm-hmm. So, so j- how do we stop the the cycle? And and it and it's ultimately just talking about it, right? And and it's ultimately talking about all the things we do from 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 masturbation to intercourse i mean speaking of parents that's so true i remember when i was uh, like uh, 13 my mom was like do you want me to talk to you about it or do you want me to buy you a book i was like oh please buy me a book i don't want to talk to you about this and then she <laughs> never bought me the book she never bought <laughs> yeah, me the book no uh so I'm, i so what did your how did your parents react to this what do they think about this documentary oh i mean they're in it they're in it twice i, I have you know, we have our first talks about sex uh, it was painful, uh, embarrassing, awkward, cringy. Uh, but, you know, in the end, I, I think we came out so much better for it. You know, uh, your experience is a great example. You know, if you're, if you're asking your child and they can understand uh, what you're asking when you're talking about sex, it, it, in many ways it's too late, right? I, I think mm-hmm. sexual shame starts so early mm-hmm. from just even, you know, parents talking about their kid's body. You know, this is your, he- this is your ears, this is your knees, this is your elbows. And they skip over a whole part or, of the body. Or you use which, nicknames for p- body parts. Like exactly, that, I've been told that's exactly. actually not good to be like, this is your yam yeah. yam. <laughs> yeah, yeah, your wee wee. Yeah, kids will learn really, really early. Like, oh, there's something about this part of my body 
that is wrong. You know, mm-hmm. that, that, is, that, that adults that I trust do not feel comfortable about. So this must be part of me that, that they don't like or, they, they, you know, that's bad. Yeah. So, so, I, so it starts really early. And, and, you know, we're having all these debates now about what sex ed should be, how early they should yep. be taught when you say gay. Um, and, and it's just sad because kids are, they, they have these questions much earlier than most parents want. They're yes. already curious. And, 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 you know, you can not talk about it, but then all that does is screw them up. Or the, even worse, they turn to other outlets. They don't talk to their parents exactly. about their questions, yeah. which, is the, which is the scariest part. You know, parents, parents, you want your kids to talk to you about these things. But if you've shown over and over again that you freeze or are weird or uncomfortable about these things, then they'll just talk to friends, they'll talk to other people, they'll look, look at porn, they'll try to fill the gaps with other information when really the best resource is right in the home with them. Okay, well, thank you for the work that you're doing, yes. you know, on, on social media and also with this documentary. Uh, definitely check out Sexplanation. It's going to be streaming everywhere, the documentary? Yeah, yeah, uh, it, it's streaming right now on, on Fuse TV or Fuse TV Plus and, uh, streaming, uh, and then it'll be available by our rent on June 7th. Amazing. Okay, for all the questions, you are too embarrassed to ask your parents. Uh, thank you so much. That was director Alex Liu. We really appreciate it. Of course. Thanks. Thank you so much. And coming up next, we've got What's Trending This Hour. Uh, Harry Styles describes what he learned in therapy. Okay, I want to hear about that. Same. Any therapy conversation I'm into. That's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. All right, welcome back to the show. And we've got, of course, more music coming up right here on Channel Q. Coming up in 30 minutes, we're looking at the good and bad news around housing for LGBTQ Americans. You know, discrimination has always been around. But unfortunately, with all these new policies and just the narrative and rhetoric, it definitely does not help. You know, I hear stories about people who um, who say that, like, they notice that the like violence, you know, even mean words said to them in public increase every time something, you know, happens in the political sphere where, you know, Republicans come for queer people. Yeah, it's it's really unfortunate. We keep saying it's frightening. It's concerning. It's unfortunate. And you're like, when does it end or what's going to happen? And it doesn't seem like people are caring enough about what's happening Mm -hmm. right like obviously democrats do but there's a whole part of the country that just doesn't seem see the issue yeah i mean and there are (laughs) so few queer people by comparison to the overall population there are tons of people who might mean well but they don't actually know any queer people so they don't even know that sometimes they're doing things that cause harm true that is so true. So there's like innocent ignorance and then there's the hateful stuff that Republicans do. But And both of it, though, adds up. Absolutely. Yeah. And, it, and it costs, you know, livelihoods and worse. Yeah. The subtle stuff also is scary because they don't uh, people that are adding to those decisions in a, even a subtle way. They're not realizing the implications. Yeah. It's like it's like death by a thousand cuts. Yep. And it has a momentum, a snowball effect. You know, one little thing you do now can lead to, you know, something worse later from yourself or others. Exactly. Um, And also coming up in the Tea Report, Ryan Basham is here filling in for Ryan Mitchell. We're getting into Harry Styles and therapy. Yes, mental health. Yes. I love when uh, a big personality, including a pop star, comes out. And also, I I think it's important for men to speak out about this. Absolutely. Especially men that young people are like all about, you know, he's like leading his generation in a way. Yep. But right now, let's get into some what's trending this hour. 
Now, the abortion bill was blocked in the Senate earlier today, 49 to 51. The Women's Health Protection Act would have codified abortion rights into federal law. Of course, what's his name? Oh, my God. Schumer? Senator Schumer? No, no. Manchin. Oh, that Manchin. Guy. That Manchin guy. was the only Democrat that voted for the with the Republicans. Uh, again, once again, new issue, Senator but once Joe again. Manchin. Yeah, he's fired. Senator Schumer said after we are going to focus on this issue again and again from now until November. If you weren't sick of it enough of talking about it, it's like, what? How are we still talking about this 50 years later? Now, a new nationwide survey confirms once again that LGBTQ plus people of all ages, uh, what we already knew, affirming and supporting queer and trans youth saves lives. So today, the LGBTQ plus advocacy and crisis support organization, The Trevor Project, which I love, they do great work. They released their latest research into the mental health of queer youth and surveyed 34,000 young people ages 13 to 24 and it, you know, it reveals not just like the negative, but like what we can do that creates more positivity, which is the power of affirmation and joy. Mm-hmm. Uh, they said diverse experiences, joys, and and the needs of LGBTQ plus youth across the U.S. You know, actually feeding into that helps versus obviously taking away any sort of rights or their needs, including gender affirming care or even the ability to talk about it in school. Yes. Some just like basic needs in terms of feeling seen and validated Mm -hmm. and heard. And having a safe space. Yep. So you could go check that out. Actually, them.us talked all about uh, the survey and shout out to Trevor Project for continuing to do uh, great work. I actually want to get them on the show this week. I think uh, it's time. Mm. It is time. Finally, a new video obtained by NBC News shows Arizona Republican Senate candidate Blake Masters disputing any gender pay gap while insisting that men earn more because they do the risky and most dangerous jobs. And he just continued to say that the whole gender pay gap thing, that women make less, is just a narrative from the left. And it's not real. Of course it's not real, because he said so. I mean, come on. This infuriates me. Yeah, he argued against the need for the Equal Rights Amendment, a measure which would constitutionally prohibit discrimination on the basis of sex. Of course, it doesn't make sense to you because you're not discriminated against. You don't see what you don't experience. Yeah, he does the really dangerous job of running for office. So dangerous, so risky. It's right up there with coal mining. All right, that was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news? All right, it's time for the tea. I don't know, I've decided I'm going to say it like that and see how it goes. (laughs) So we're going to talk about Harry Harry Styles admitting to going to therapy. He says it helped him feel more alive than ever. Um, He, you know, he talked about... um, how you know he thought going to therapy meant that you were broken and he said he wanted to be the one who could say i didn't need it he was talking to better homes and gardens which by the way better i love homes the better and homes and gardens covering Wait, this they did a feature on harry styles yes and his mental health uh, uh his mental health journey um you know so and he's been in therapy for more than five years um and he said it made him less fearful of tackling his mental health obstacles and you know the reality is i mean we all have mental health obstacles um and you know he talked about the pandemic was uh, a great opportunity for him to focus on his mental health Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of us feel that way. And now, of course, there is a, a deep, deep demand for therapists and psychiatrists. And, you know, I tried to find a new therapist during the pandemic and I couldn't. I had to wait for several months just on a waiting list because there was such a demand. Oh. Isn't that insane? Yeah, it was for your insurance also. Is that it? Um, yeah, I had to find someone who's covered by my insurance that had an opening. And this guy did after like 50 tries. But it was like in three months. 
Wow. Yeah, there's a need. So if you like therapy or, I mean, if you think you'd be a therapist, this is a really good time to get in because there's a huge need. And if you have a question about would it be helpful, would it be supportive to talk to a therapist, it's not as if, you know, my issues aren't bad enough for a therapist. That's not how it works. You know, if if you feel Mm -hmm. like it might be helpful to talk to somebody, try it out. I always say don't go when you need it. Yes. The, by then you've racked go, up some debt. It's like going for me. It's like working out. You, it, like you shouldn't, even though this is what happens too, you go and you find like, oh no. Yeah. I can't I'm, walk up the stairs. Yeah. Or my health's at stake. Go before that. You know, start the maintenance now. And then also just try something new. You take what you want and then you could leave what doesn't work That's the you. best idea in the world. Take what works, leave what yeah, doesn't. Yeah. like tools. Add tools to your tool belt. Yeah. Okay. That uh, was some tea. Thank you so much. Thank you. Next up, you know, Alabama has outlawed gender-affirming medicines for trans kids. And we have one of the doctors on the ground there sharing what's happening now next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Well, we are wrapping up the show as we always do with our Yaz Queen of the day. Yaz Queen. Yaz Queen. Yes. Oh, we did the low. Yaz Queen. (laughs) (laughs) So this one goes to gay author Eric Rosswood, who is trying to make or help LGBT kids believe in themselves. He has a new children's book out now called Strong, and it tells the story of Rob Kearney, and who's a real person. He's a gay strong man who trains himself to lift hundreds of pounds. So Rob Kearney is actually a gay weightlifter. That's incredible. Yes. Is he and, single? I mean, you should look it up. Go look him up on Instagram. <laughs> Sorry to make it about me. Yes, queen. <laughs> so Kearney in the book learns with the help of his husband to fully embrace who he is without worrying about what other people think of him. And uh, the book is short and simple. Each drawing comes with a short text that tells Kearney's story as well. So it also poses a simple question for a reader is what makes you strong? And in in Kearney's case, his strength comes, of course, from his ability to lift weights, but also his ability to be proud of himself. Yeah. So what a beautiful message. I love that. Yeah. So check out the book. It's called Strong. This is one I feel like it's for everyone, like kids and adults. Absolutely. I mean, I'm going to have a great rest of my day after this. Just the idea. Be strong, man. Exactly. And it's a great message as we wrap up the yeah. show today as well. Check it out. It is out now. And that's our Yes Queen of the day. Yes. <laughs> yes, Queen. Yes, Queen. That also does it for our show today. But we are back tomorrow, same time here on Channel Q, 2 to 6 p.m. Pacific, 5 to 9 p.m. Eastern live. I want to say thank you to Ryan Basham for joining us as my guest co-host, filling in for Ryan Mitchell. Thank you so much for having me. And you are back tomorrow. Yes. I didn't have anything else to do. We appreciate it. It works for us. It works for you, I guess. You have no choice. (laughs) They lock me up, y'all. Exactly. Save me. Um, And thanks to all of you for hanging out and listening. If you miss any of our shows or interviews, we post everything as a podcast. Just go to the Odyssey app or where podcasts are available and search Let's Go There. We are sending you love and light. And now stick around for Love Line with Dr. Chris right after this. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey.